A good ner of Shabbos and a lachtik Hanukkah to all of you. I'd like to share with you this week a machshava, a thought that unifies the first couple of psukim of the parasha with an important message of Hanukkah. Now we know one of the famous questions about Hanukkah is that it's the only yomtif that we find in the benching. If one had not said the Alanisim in its proper location, there's an insert to be said later on, without a bracha, of course, and that insert includes in the Nusach, Harachamon Uyaselonu Nisim. The Ramah brings it down in Ilchus Chanik, where we are basically asking Hashem for miracles. Harachamon Uyaselonu Nisim. Normally, when we commemorate miracles, we don't say Harachamanu Yasalonu. We thank Hashem. So the Tfuishar asks that this is inconsistent with what Chazal teaches us. Is the general process of Tfilah, and the Gemara says in the end of Mesechas Brochas, that you're not mispal for Maisinisim. We don't daven for miracles. And that's the reason why. By other Yomim Toivim, where we celebrate miracles, we don't specifically daven for miracles. We're thankful that being in those situations where we needed them, Hashem did them for us. But they're not situations that we actually forecast and daven for. What's the uniqueness of Hanukkah? And many answers could be given, but I think we could be Miramazit a little bit in this week's parish as well. The parsha begins Vahimi Yomim, and the Medrash elaborates both in the end of last week's parsha and in this week's parsha the timing, the precise timing of Yosef leaving the prison, and in fact what triggered it, and Yosef's communication with the Saramashke, and the dream of Pari. So I want to focus now on the dream of Pari. What do we learn from that dream of Pari? Pari's dream seems to be a relatively ordinary dream as far as, you know, the structure of the dream. And it seems to be a redundant dream, which Yosef capitalizes on and says that's the reason why it was actually repeated, was to show that Hashem is ushering this, these events in short order. But there happens to be a nuance that is, goes by undetected in this dream. And I think there's a tremendous lesson. The nuance is that in the dream, although there are seven and seven in both dreams, sets of seven, in both dreams, the seven thin cows and seven scrawny stalks of wheat consume the larger ones, the number seven is emitted when it talks about the swallowing process. If you look back at the psukim, you'll see it says, Vativlano, haporois horois, esheva haporois. 
Vativlana Hashibolim Adako is Esheva Hashibolim. So the seven is only emphasized when we're talking in the swallowing process when about the larger ones, not about the, the scrawny ones. And what's the reason for that? Obviously, there has to be a Musa Haskell. There has to be something to be learned. There's a message. And the message, I believe, is tremendous. The message is as follows. The Gemara says in Baba Basra that there was once a tax placed upon a city and it was a question who should pay the tax. And one of the great rabbis said that the tax should be paid by the Amarats and the people who had no connection to Torah mitzvahs and study of Torah and mitzvahs. The Amarat's phrase used in Shas generically doesn't just mean somebody who's not learned. It's also a lack of adherence and a lack of interest. And the Gemara says that they placed the tax just on them, they should pay it. The Amaratzim. And the Amaratzim ran away and there was just like one one left and it sort of got placed upon him. When he left, the tax was all of a sudden miraculously removed. And the Gemara concludes that you see that the taxes were originally placed on the community because of those people that were had no connection to Torah. Hashem embraces us when it comes to our Shemir Satur Mitzvahs. We have a special Siata Deshmaya. We have heavenly help and heavenly assistance. And Mimela, it's understood that all the laws that govern the regular Teva they they evaporate when one is on a track of Kuloi Torah Mitzvahs, when one is living a life of Torah Mitzvahs, there's a different track and there's a different Siyata Deshmaya. And that's what one can glean from the Gemara there in Bava Basra. It's true that in the original dream there was a forecast of seven good years and seven bad years. And that was all to happen. But then something significantly changed. Yaakov Avinu, the model of Torah and mitzvahs, the model of Yerushalayim, came to Egypt. And Chazal teaches us that when he came to Egypt, everything changed. The Nile went up. Basically, the famine ended prematurely. And that is the hint in the dream that the seven hungry years won't necessarily come to be they're there, Bekoyach, they're there. But, it, but Yaakov ultimately switched it, and that's why he doesn't use the number seven any longer. The battle of the, of the Yuvanim uh, against Klal Yisrael and the response of the Chashmanoyim was a very unique battle that was only there, strictly there, for the adherence of Torah and Mitzvahs. That battle is not limited by the rules of nature. And it's for that reason that that battle is one that we could daven again that there should be miracles in our future every day of our lives to facilitate 
our Kiyom Torah of our mitzvahs. Agut Meshavah.